welcome to Lowell Assembly's online church platform. My name is Pastor Paul. We're so glad you joined us. Whether you're watching through cable access, TV, YouTube, Vimeo, our website, wherever you're at, we encourage you to take a look around the screen and take a look at what you see. See if there's stuff there that you could click like with. We encourage you to follow. And most importantly, if you would share, we believe we've got a great message to get out to more people and uh, we just wanna, we wanna help as many as we can. So thank you in advance for doing that. We really appreciate it, especially the hours that go into this. So I just had you watch a video clip on Psalm 1 and we've been doing a series on the book of Psalms and really we've called them the songs of heaven sung on earth. In the book of Psalms, while it's one book, there are five sections or five books that have been merged into this one. The first section of book one has a lot of the Psalms of David, but not all of them are David's. And there are all kinds of people like the sons of Korah. And we mentioned that there are different styles. This one happens to be one about wisdom. It's instructional. And it's put at the very beginning of this book for a reason. It says, here's something you need to know right up front for the trajectory of your life and for you to get the most out of this book or any book in the word of God that you would ever read. It's the doorkeeper. Now, we've been saying that there's the story behind the song. That, it, that really helps us to understand what's going on. There's a lot of history behind many of these things, like David when he was fleeing from Absalom, saw Psalm 3. Uh, this one, right at the beginning, has no intro to it. We call it a superscript. Many of these have at least something that says, oh, for the sons of, for the choir master, so we know it's sung in the temple, or they give the story, David, when he's fleeing from Absalom, but this has absolutely nothing. It's okay, though, because the wisdom and the instruction in it can export into any story and song within our life, and this is a very powerful six-verse song. It's short, it's sweet, and to the point, the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked, two ways one choice, your choice. If I were to give you a choice to change something in your life, if you were able to go back and say, I'm not gonna do that so that I don't experience this, the answer to that would be, of course, especially the very painful things that, that have been the consequence of choices we've made. We always say the phrase, man, if I only knew then what I know now, hindsight's 2020. My father-in-law, a very wise man, said this to me. He said, Paul, when a man gives you advice, they're trying to help you most of the time because they want you to succeed possibly where they weren't able to. And that is really what I think psalmist in the Psalm 1 here is trying to do for you and I. They're the voice of choice, the power of free will, the desire to see you succeed and please God in the best possible way. Let me read the section here for you one more time. This is a two-part series, so I want to just get into the first few verses, and we're going we're gonna to pound this in, in, a, in a crescendo of like awesome singing here in wisdom next week in this two-part series. But this is where I want to focus this first verse here. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. You just heard the whole thing, so I'll just stop there. The story behind this psalm is really a contrast and compare a contrast between two ways: way of the righteous or the righteous individual, and the way of the wicked person that has no desire for God, belief in God, godliness, anything. And they're choosing that. One's a flourishing tree; the other one's dried chaff, straw blown in the wind. 
One is a crowd of counsel that could show you how to win with sin. The other one is a solitary individual that is taking the road less travel that has made all the difference, as Robert Frost said. One is filled with advice of the wicked. The other one says they have a voice and an ear for one, the counsel of God, the word of God, and they meditate on it day and night. They're less concerned about the will of God and more focused on the word and, of God and walking out that word in their life. It's two ways, one choice, your choice. The early church, the early church, the Jewish people uh, are very familiar when you talk about the two ways. In fact, you go all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 to 20. I'll just read one verse, verse 19. But it says this, I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse, therefore choose life. Two ways, one choice, way of life, way of death, choose life. They even wrote about this. If you could, there are more books out there about the Bible, uh, but there's still more Bibles printed throughout history. But, but think about what I'm about to read to you. Here's a whole bunch of stuff that goes all the way back to the time before, during, and after Jesus. In the, the, er, before, during, and after the first century. This is like the stuff that you would buy from a bookstore and a book that's talking about prayer, about Christianity, about God. And in this case, about the two ways. It says this, one of them says that God has placed before us the two ways, the way of life and the way of death. Let us go in whichever way we choose. Accordingly, scripture says, choose life. And then it puts this reference to the verse we just read, Deuteronomy 30, 19. This is a well-known teaching all the way back in early Judaism, all the way through into the early church. One time they were talking about Adam and they wrote this, they said the Holy One, meaning God provided two ways before Adam and he chose the other way. Another person writes, and I gave him free will and I pointed out to him the two ways. Now you might be saying, okay, that's Deuteronomy, that's the Old Testament and those are books about the Old Testament. But what about Jesus? What about the New Testament? Some of you might be asking that. This is right in the center of Jesus' teaching. He talks about the two ways. He says, enter by the narrow gate. And this is Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow. The way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The two ways. In fact, the early Christian document the earliest one that we know of, that we have in, the, in, in, in these scrolls, not, not the Dead Sea Scrolls, because those are all Old Testament, but the earliest teachings of Christianity, uh, one of them is called the Didache, which literally is Greek for the teachings, and the first chapter is completely dedicated to this concept of the two ways, the one that Deuteronomy, it's on the mouth of Moses, it's, on, it's in the jargon of Jesus, and it's in the teaching of the early church. There are two ways, one of life, one of death, but a great difference between the two. Two ways, one choice, your choice. Well, what is that choice concerning? It's about how you walk, how you stand, and where you choose to sit. Think about this, blessed is the man who, does not, who does, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. That word blessed, a couple of things about it. Take the concept of lucky, like, somebody who just wins big, and now take it at and turn it into a person who is looking out for your welfare to make sure that you win and is personally connected to you. And then connect everything that brings happiness 
and good favor and blessing because that person's watching over and then you begin to scratch the surface of what that word blessed means, asherah in, in the Hebrew. It's, it's, man, and it's pluralized, which means you're blessed and blessed and blessed. It's like a waterfall constantly pouring, constantly moving, constantly flowing. That's the blessed person. Blessed is the man because they've been forgiven, they've been empowered, and they've been restored by God. And this is a great thing that God can bring to our life. In fact, one scholar writes it like this. He says, the happiest state is not something given automatically by God, but it's a direct result of activity. You know, when we think about blessing, we think about like, uh, McDonald's, you know, I'll yell in my order, I'll pull up, now give me my food, and if you didn't do it quick enough or you didn't make it good enough, I'm gonna talk down to you and let me throw some money at you and I'll move on, you know, but hurry up, come on, and then, oh, I'm blessed, and he, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about something that determines that you're active in not only what you do, but what you choose not to do. I'm not gonna walk in the counsel of wicked. I'm not gonna stand in the way of sinners. I'm not gonna sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, one scholar points out something really interesting about this word, and I can't tell you 100% because I'm not a, a PhD in Hebrew, but he says this, it's that the root for the word blessed in Hebrew means to go forward, to walk on, to march steadily. Now that preaches good, and I can't say 100% that that's correct, although it might be, but what I do know is this, that my hope is that you clearly see from what I'm talking about here in this short time is that to be blessed means to be in motion and to be in motion in the right direction while wickedness, sin and scoffing, it's crippling. Look at what happens. He starts walking, he begins sit, standing, and then he ends sitting still. It's slowly coming to a halt. In the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, there's a prayer, a part of every Jewish person's daily life called the Shema. It literally means to hear, but that will fool you because it's not just hearing, the, the, the understanding is synonymous with obedience. So hear, but also obey in an understanding of knowing what you're hearing is true and right and requires motion in your life. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, he's one, the Lord, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But listen to this. These commandments I give you today that are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, sun up, sun down, going out, going in. This is a person in motion. And the person that walks in the counsel of the wicked, stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of mockers, is reverse engineering the very design for what a godly person should be. They shouldn't be gearing down their life, they should be gearing up their life, and it's completely revolved around God's word. It's easy to say, oh, I want a blessed life. God bless me, oh Lord bless me. You know, church people say it lots of different ways. You gotta choose it, choose it or lose it. Don't move it or lose it, choose it or lose it. Move in the right direction. One year, my wife and I were driving out to Missouri and there was this strange road that if you didn't take an exit, it turned you back in the other direction. I think it's Route 93 is like this. At exit 13 in Massachusetts, if you don't take that exit, you cease to go south on 93 or 95. You, you, you will eventually be turned right back and find yourself in New Hampshire driving in the direction you thought was the right way. Here's this person who doesn't walk in the counsel 
of the wicked. I mean, who wants to, to, I mean, it's like going to people and saying, hey, how do I navigate sin and win? That's almost like saying, I wanna get to the right destination, but I wanna do it the wrong way. It just makes absolutely no sense. And this person who is blessed is somebody who's not seeking and putting into practice or walking out that kind of counsel in their life. They look at where the path leads and they say, no, thank you, no, thank you. It, it might lead somewhere good in the moment, but the destination is the problem here. And listen, God can grace you with something work worth walking towards. And that's, that's eternity, that's the blessing of God, not just there in heaven, but here on earth. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. It's a counter, it's an experience that's happening here. Nor does he stand in the way of sinners sin and those swimming in it. Now, what's interesting is the word way here is actually the word road, darak, which in Israel, when a shepherd takes the sheep into the woods, every, or into, the, into the wilderness, every once in a while, one of them gets away, the wandering sheep, right? We're very familiar with the prodigal sheep, the prodigal son. Well, the danger of this is that there isn't a lot of water like there is in most of these European pictures or American pictures of shepherding. And there are these roads that are on hills that literally go in circles. So what the sheep will do is, is they'll break away from the shepherd and the other sheep, and they'll start walking, convinced that they're going somewhere, when in fact, they're really going nowhere except to their death. And the, every step is speeding up the dehydration that will lead to their demise and destination of destruction. Proverbs 14, 12 reads it like this. There's a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. Roads lead to destinations. Why have you been traveling that way? Where have you been traveling to? I mean, they say that insanity's definition is doing the same over and over again and expecting a different result. I'd like to mix it up and say, insanity is traveling in the wrong direction and expecting to get to the right destination. And here's the irony of this individual. They stand in the road, the way of sinners. You don't stand in a highway. You don't stand there because you'll get hit. Stop standing in the street of sin. Get, God wants to get you in a right road of relationship with him. There are two roads, one choice, your choice. Consequences are the byproduct of how you choose. And it is never too late for you to become the person God's calling you to be. Here's the other thing that they don't do. They do not sit in the seat of scoffers. Oh my goodness, I know this place. This is the place where it literally it translates, or if I were to give it a, a 21st century spin, it would be somebody talks big about themselves and trash talks everybody else. This is a depressing place. Think about how stuck somebody is when the only way that they can feel better about themselves is making somebody lesser with their mouth. It's an uncomfortable seat. I've sat there. You've sat there. Why are we sitting here? Peter says it like this in 2 Peter 3, 3 and 4, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last day, scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They'll say, where's this promise of his coming? Listen, it's easy. You can poke fun at Christianity all you want. You may be surrounded with somebody where you're standing in the road with them and you feel out of place and there's a reason why because that's not the place God has for your life. And they might be looking at Christianity and saying, that's stupid. Why well, I can't believe, why is your mom do that? Why is she always bugging you to go to church? We're going here, we're going places. We're gonna have a great family. We're gonna have a great life. And you're just stuck in that place. And, and, and the more and more 
you find out that the, the seat of the scoffer isn't just a chair for you, it's a table surrounded by a bunch of people where they think different than you, they reason different than you, and it feels awkward for a reason because that's not the place that God's called you to. He's called you to Him. He's called you to a path. And right now as I'm talking to you, some of you, God is saying, the exit ramp is right here. It's time to change. When? Now, here, this exit, this day, this moment, this prayer here. Before I do that with you, I wanna just walk out two quick more concepts. See, we think so short-term we're just like, if I don't get results now, come on, man. And we just walk away. You have to think long-term with this person. The way the righteous person, the way of the righteous is like a tree that flourishes. It grows over time. The way the wicked seems like a good way, but the further along it goes, the more it dries and the more it dies. You know, we look for blessing to be this kind of like quick fix. Truth of the matter is blessing is an end game as much as it is a long-term investment for your life. And the person that is walking the path of righteousness, every time they mention each of these steps, standing, walking, standing, sitting, it says before that in Hebrew, it doesn't say it in English, but it says it in Hebrew, no. No, they do not walk in the counsel of the wicked. No, they don't stand in the way of sinners. No, they don't sit in the seat of the mocker. Listen. The blessed life is defined not only by what you do, but what you choose not to do. It's choice and con consequence. You might be saying to yourself, Pastor Paul, I just don't know how to say no. I've spent a lot of years of my life journeying with and joining with and partnering with people who help others break free of life controlling habits. There is nothing harder than trying to break free of prescription pill and heroin addiction. And we are here to not only help you. We're here to help those of you that have never even touched a drug. But let me tell you what, you can get just as stuck with unforgiveness and bitterness, and it can destroy your life even more subtly and even more powerfully than any kind of substance you'd put in your life. And what I want to tell you is this, when you choose to take that exit ramp, turn your direction, not not, not be obsessed with, with the driving view, but be consumed with the destination and the driver of God in your life. Titus chapter two, verse 11 and 12 says that the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, all people who, me, you, you that's listening there, the people in your home, God offers it to you to teach you to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, uplate and godly life when? In this present age. Oh man, back then it was easier. No, it's always been hard. There's always been vices and there's always been virtues. There's always been two ways, one choice, your choice. I want a blessed life. Well, you gotta choose it, choose it or lose it. To not to choose is to choose not to have it because nobody gets anywhere by accident. There are two ways, one choice. Are you proud of the person that you become? Are you walking a path, standing in a road or occupying a seat that feels out of place? when I talk about these things. God's path for your life shouldn't lead to wicked counsel, ways of sin, or seats of cynicism. You don't belong there. You're a child of God. You're made in his image. You're capable of doing such good and great things in this life. So many people are obsessed with the will of God or personal success, and we think that they're separate. Well, no, they're unavoidably synonymous because all roads lead to judgment before God, to be able to either come before him and say, God, I never was worthy, I never would be, 
Thank you for your son. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Thank you for your grace. It's not perfection, it's direction when you're on the right path with God. He knows you're not perfect, but he wants you to choose life. It's time to choose the blessed life. It's time to take the exit ramp. A friend of mine in New York City told a story, which I can't tell you if it's true or not, but it sounds it. He grew up there for years and did ministry for years with kids in the inner city. He talked one time about a mom who just kept going in the wrong direction for a very long period of time and then eventually just lost all hope. She had a little girl that was about three or four and she just said, honey, sit right here. She sat her down on the floor in the apartment, walked out. Little girl, being that age, managed to get to the door and open it. Mom had closed it without locking it, so she was able to get out. Snow had begun to fall. I know it's uh, warm outside now, but at this time, there were footprints, her mom's footprints. So what did the little girl do? She began to follow the steps of her mother until she fell off of the Brooklyn Bridge that her mother jumped off of in hopelessness because of the path that she was on. Friends, don't just think about yourself. There's pleasure in sin for a season. Yep, there's good parts to all kinds of roads, but roads lead places and destinations. You can't drive in the wrong direction and get to the right destination. It doesn't work that way. And God is speaking to you right now. You're watching this for a reason. God's saying, I wanna give you an exit ramp. How do you find that right way? Well, my friend, you start by doing what verse two says, delight yourself in the law of the Lord, meditate on it day and night. We're gonna talk about that next week in our second half of this series. But let me tell you, Psalm 119.32 says, I run in the path of your commands for you've broadened my understanding. A, a Christian without God's word is a Christian without God's way. I taught in a Bible college for, for about 12 plus years. And Bible college students are obsessed with like, I just want to please God. I wanna, you know what? God doesn't put the focus there. God isn't trying to say, let me give you the details to your life. Your kids are always like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You don't sit down with the map and chart it out and whatever. It's, it, it's about being that right kid, being that right child, that son and daughter of God, and being able to say, God, I wanna be focused in your word and in your way. And I know that's how I'll be in your will. And that's what we're gonna focus on next week. But that's what I think you should start with here. Start with this Psalm. Just you read, read Psalm one today, read Psalm two tomorrow. Proverbs has 31 chapters, one for each day. But there's two roads, two ways, one choice, your choice. And I wanna give you a chance to take the exit ramp or maybe to hop on the highway for the first time in your life. So I don't know about church, I don't know about Jesus, but there's something about what you're saying here that's either irritating me to be, un and I know there's something off in my life, or you're just like, oh my goodness, I've been looking for the right road for my life. I'm gonna show you how simple this is. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Put it to your own words. And it'll mean something because God's listening. Here it is. Say, Jesus, I want the exit ramp. I wanna go in the right direction and in the right destination. Pray this with me, dear Jesus, come into my life, take the wheel, forgive me of my sin. I can't promise you perfection, but I wanna to commit to your direction. 
I'll read your word and I'll follow your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if Jesus could resurrect from the dead, he can pull your life out of the misery and the difficulty that it's in or maybe just the emptiness. You don't have to be in a totally shipwrecked place to need God. We all need him. He gives purpose. Our four purposes in this church, know God, find freedom, yep, but to discover purpose and make a difference with your life, your giftings, your talents in this life. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next as we crunch into the second half of this rich, thick, meaty steak of Psalm chapter one. Thank you for joining us again. Look, like, follow, and please share with others. Thank you for joining us here. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today for our online services. We deeply appreciate it. If uh, this impacted you in any way, we encourage you maybe email us at office at lowellag.org or call our church office. We'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. You can also visit lowellag.org to stay up to date on everything we have going on and keep posted on the changes that are coming in the weeks soon. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.